It seems like it's been a busy year so far with uh, with everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're just everything that's obviously been progressing with the live concepts of moving all this music from the URL to the IRL. Um, a lot of us have been occasionally playing shows, one-offs for years, but there's never been a real space that understood what was being done by artists. I can tell you going to the first time, uh, I went to the first show that James played as Death Dynamic, Dynamic Shroud. Yeah, yeah. He did that over at, um, what's that record store over in South Philly on uh, Passyunk, New, Brave New, what's it called again? Um, I know exactly you know what, what you're talking about. It's right by the square yeah. over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I know exactly what you're talking world. about. Mm-hmm. They have a, a, their open sign says, yes, we're drunk or yeah. no, we're something. <laughs> I, I pass by every weekend. My wife and I usually go and uh, we'll walk our dog up Passyunk. Yeah, it's on, on Passyunk. Yeah. Uh, so what is it called? It's uh, uh, you know what? Beautiful World Syndicate. That's what it is. Beautiful World Syndicate. First show I remember seeing him do that for Beautiful World Syndicate. I, I'm sorry, at Beautiful World Syndicate, and I'm pretty sure there was like two people there. <laughs> Nobody That's there at of, all. When was that? Oh, that must have been in 2015, something Man. like that. 2015. It's like the DDS show. Five minutes walking distance from my house. Yeah, but you know, no one. one, one, one no, no. James is just the worst at promoting yeah. too. So <laughs> he's a beautiful human being. Yeah, uh, one of the best people I know in general. And um, he's just not like that's not what he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. That man is is not. He's not a marketer. You know what I mean? Yeah. He makes his art yeah. and he lets it reach people. You know? Yeah. I mean, not that that venue could really. Fit a lot of people. It could fit anyway. more than two people. It could fit. It could fit a dozen or, or so. Maybe yeah, a little more. It but it's a it's a small small. He still did the. Uh, I'm not sure if you ever see when they perform. He always pours a little glass of wine for himself sometimes when he performs live. I think he did that at yeah. Electronic Fest. He does. Too. He, yeah. he did it. At that it was the first time he did. He poured a glass of wine for himself. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Well, um, so your skeleton lipstick. You are. Yes. I, I don't know how to describe what you do. Either okay. Artist or mm-hmm. or your. Promoter, you kind of do everything. The best thing is to just I the thing that I always go by is just artist, Um, and that is involved with any kind of music I make. That's involved with any kind of shows I engender. That's involved with anything I do. It all goes under the subheading of skeleton lipstick, Um, and that's everything from the music to the shows to even what I do professionally with um, surgery. Mm-hmm. I still consider that a part of the art form of skeleton Interesting. Um, and I don't really even like being credited as DJ or producer <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. But, you know, you got to yeah. do some aspiring to do. Yeah. 
So division. where did you, like, where did Skeleton Lipstick come from? Like, where did that, like, where, I guess, where did you get into music? What, what drew you into music? What drew you to Vaporwave? Okay. How did it kind of come yeah. out? So, I mean, what drew me to music was it's just, I've been doing it since playing in punk bands when I was in high school, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just starting off with normal instrument, with, with the traditional rock instruments, guitar, bass, but always gravitating towards music that was a little bit more confrontational in nature okay. and a little bit more um, counterculture in nature. Mm-hmm. And obviously something that promoted questioning the way that you would make music, questioning the way that you would hear music, questioning the art that you would associate with the music. It had to have some sort of depth to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Then I'd move from punk to some of the, I guess you would call them scram style bands. The, mm-hmm. These days, back in the 90s, we called it Screamo, but that became a whole mm-hmm. other thing. That we don't really, I, a whole other bastardization, <laughs> terrible genre of music that I don't even want to talk about. But I'm okay. when I say it, I'm referring to bands like Page 99, Orchid, um, you know, uh, uh, Neil Perry, and mm-hmm. Reversal of Man, things like that. These bands that had these really intricate sort of layouts and weird lyrics and like you know references to uh strange philosophers and that etc mm-hmm. it was a very like confrontational style of music but it also broke down what music was okay and how it could be heard or listened to and it meant something more and there was a lot of people putting a lot of effort into the art and the aesthetic of what it was like mm-hmm. you would buy the records and there would be all kinds of different artwork and inserts and you knew there was a lot more going on in this album beyond even just the music and the lyrics, but there was something deeper that was happening within it. You know Challenges what, I mean? what music can be and what the whole experience yeah. of Vaporwave does that a lot. It, with, it does. It's it's not just the album. It's not just the music and the samples or the synths or whatever you hear. It's the flow of the album. Mm-hmm. It's the textures of the album too. That's the other thing I found from listening to that. I guess scrams type of music was paying attention to textures, paying attention mm-hmm. to how that leads up to everything. The artwork associated with it. What's the mood? What's the feel? Yeah. Um, how I got involved with Vaporwave, mm-hmm. it wasn't even Vaporwave yet. <laughs> we didn't have that word. We didn't yeah. have that word, yeah. man. So um, you got to remember that, and um, we can talk to some older people about this too. Uh, how old are you, by the way? I am 30, 32. Okay, I'm yeah. a little bit older than you, then. Yeah. I'm 36. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, we there's this like, there's this, poor, there's this time in music in the early 2000s, I'm sorry, I guess maybe like mid-2000s, when, I don't know, a lot of uh, rock bands and et cetera began to sort of fade out, and we were left with a lot of sort of redundant-sounding, bland, in my opinion, bland, dancey indie rock, like yep. some sort of like bastardization of Gang of Four or something. I fucking hated that shit. It was <laughs> awful. I'll tell you, please, Club Block Party. Fuck that shit. It's so boring, man. Yeah. So unchallenging, so, so, so clean-sounding, too. Mm-hmm. And then... What kind of broke that whole sort of uh, thing away and just pushed that sort of music away was M83 came out with an album called uh, Saturdays Equal Youth. Okay. And it was still like an indie album or an indie world, but it was like, anyway, everyone knew M83 was. It was always like a darling of the critics. And we all liked them. They were like sort of like a post, you know, punk, you know, uh, shoegazer sort of band mm-hmm. before that. They did that album and uh, it was a little bit more accessible. It reached the mainstream a little bit more. And it was all about texture, all about feel, all about the visuals you would get from the music how you felt about it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, myself included, heard that music and were like, ah, yeah, of course. And then we went back mm-hmm. and we're like, what else reminds me of this shit? And then we went back <laughs> and we're like, oh, My Bloody Valentine, of course, all like the reverberations. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that we, everyone went back to was things like Boards of Canada, you know, music as the right to children, that sort of stuff. And we're willing, a lot of people started combining those two things together. And then a lot of other people at the same time that that was sort of 
cresting, you had like Danny Lil Patton coming onto the scene with One O Tricks Point Never. And mm-hmm. everybody loved One O Tricks Point Never. And then everyone loved One O Tricks Point Never, and everyone loved all that other stuff I just mentioned before. Yeah. And we a lot of people just moved away from using guitars and got Ableton, bought some synthesizers occasionally, and started making a lot of bedroom lo-fi yeah. sort of things. And um, we basically, like, I'm, I did too. And this is around like 2009, 2010, when I just was like, I'm done with guitars for the most part. I'm done at least writing music on guitars. I'm gonna write music with this now. And so I started doing that, and we would, um, like my first song was, uh, I think Mark Twain, which is in 2010. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were making YouTube videos too, because we'd all watch these videos <laughs> yeah. from uh, people like um, um, there was just like there's just like this video maker, uh, Babe E, and he did a lot of really interesting sort of videos, homemade videos for things like for games, yeah, and uh, stuff like that. And so we are started a lot of people around the country just started making these lo-fi bedroom pop and making their own videos for it. And at the time, the way you would get people to look, listen to your music occasionally was you would join a Facebook group. And yeah. a Facebook group would be something, one of the big ones that everybody joined, and I remember everybody joining was um, this one by um, uh, Matteo Caffieri, I think was his name. His name was Mr. AKA Mr. Nonsense. And he had a little Facebook group called um, Chill Wave Glow 5 Hypnagogic Pop. And everyone joined it and everyone would post their music videos in there. I would post my music videos in there. Um, you know, Dennis, 18 Carat Affair, would post his yep. music videos in there. Mm-hmm. George, who was Mirror Kisses at the time, would post mm-hmm. his music videos in there. Dreams West would post music videos in there, or, or Mateo would just post that. He was a great curator. Yeah. He would like find really great stuff and he would post it up there. And, you know, he posted like surfing stuff, Wilderbeast mm-hmm. stuff, uh, Wasted Nights, Layback, bands like this. It's real, just real, like original. Yeah. Like the pioneers. Of oh, that. absolutely, man. And like everyone, he would just post all this stuff. Huh. And that's how we all got to know each other. And eventually, I got a, um, I would, like, back like, 2011, I um, had just made, like, some little EP that I just put on uh, Bandcamp, and uh, Penny from um, Surfing uh, reached out to me, and he's like, we really like this, um, you know, why don't you check out our record label, see what you think of it, we'd like to put out an album by you, and uh, that uh, record label was Airlines, obviously, mm-hmm. and the only album, uh, people on the record label were, you know, Surfing and Bewilderbees, and I just listened to both those guys and watched their music videos they made, and I was mm-hmm. just like, wow, and I remembered them from being posted in yeah. this group, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's amazing, but it was really weird to be having people from the internet reaching out to you at the time. Yeah. That wasn't really a thing. No, that was that was <laughs> I mean, that wasn't a thing in 2010, 2011. That wasn't a thing. Yeah, but they did, and I was like, "This is crazy." And I'm like, "Where are you guys?" Like Australia. Oh, yeah. I'm like, "Whoa, okay, yeah. that's fine. All right." I mean, even in in uh, 20, 2019, I think when I saw them at the um, uh, Philomoka over uh, when they when the first George Clinton tour came yes. through last year. Yes. I'm thinking like, man. I was at Philomoka too. Surfing was actually using an amp I got for them. Really? Yeah, I had to that's get an awesome. amp for them. when they. Had... That's awesome. I mean, I, I remember being there and I'm like, man, like surfing, like like they came all the way from Australia to come. They came like, all the way dude. from, that was the first time I met them and I've known them, I've known uh, Penny and Lee, so yeah. Penny and Leroy uh, from, also from Hawaii 94 mm-hmm. for like years and I just, that's the first time I met yeah, them. No, that's, I mean, it's just crazy like those situations happen where like these people are, people are traveling for this now i mean this yeah. is this is a relatively new thing and they're still coming halfway around the world to come perform at I mean, a little venue like that and, and other little venues similar to yeah. um 
mm-hmm. similar to that all throughout the East Coast. Yeah. So that's cool. But it was so funny. So I then I put out an album on um, on Airlines, mm-hmm. Close the Melts, and then after that. I just started getting friend requests from people mm-hmm. and friend requests like George was one of the first people that friended me and it's like back in 2011 I'm like who the hell is this guy like, this and I'm like what is it yeah. <laughs> like I was and I remember like, it was like mirror kisses came on and I'm yeah. like oh I guess this is gonna be like some 80s tribute uh, sort of like thing and um and it wasn't it was it was totally amazing it was a fantastic yeah. music it was a the dude had so much charisma in his voice and the music he was writing he had a real nice concept of pop music writing yeah. you know mm-hmm. what i mean and he was just a nice guy in general but like these people would start like friending me from uh from all over and um you know people would hover around uh different record labels that would put out stuff like that um you know as this is before we had a word for vaporwave or even knew mm-hmm. what was happening yeah. but um you know the one thing uh, i could you know like chill mega chill is another one that, like put out george's first stuff and um you know uh what else was there you know, I can't even remember. I, it'll come to me in a moment. But yeah. there was a bunch of other labels, airlines, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like was, all that stuff has evolved so much, and yeah. there's been so much transition between the names and whatnot. Different um, cassette rewind was another blog that used to post about mm-hmm. stuff like us all the time. Decoder magazine was another one that used to mm-hmm. do a lot of stuff all the time. So is that fa- that Facebook group still active, or is it? I don't think so. Um, Matteo Caffieri, uh, Mister Nonsense, I think one of the great heroes of. Whatever the whatever the scene, the internet music mm-hmm. scene, the vaporwave scene, would great heroes pre vaporwave scene or yeah, yeah man, would, I'd look call everything vaporwave in my opinion these yeah. days. You know what I mean? It's it's an I think uh, you know actually you you know it's been said before, but an elastic membrane for all kinds of different art yes. forms that birth from this thing. That's the great thing about it. But um, that dude is the first person to really I think just curate people he thought you know just through his own intuition he thought were pretty interesting and would continue to post videos. And I remember my first fan of Skeleton Lipstick um, was the first fan I really had and who had reached out to me yeah. was uh, Luxury Elite before really? she was Luxury Elite. Um, wow. Yeah, like a wall, like before she was Luxury Elite, which is a big fan of everything everybody was doing. Wow. And she was the first person that I really met and um, we still very good friends with her today. Um, I talk to her every once in a while and just, mm-hmm. oh man, I, it, great human being she That's is. It's really interesting because she's, I mean, I, I consider her to be one of like the pillars of Vaporwave she in was, terms yeah. of, I mean, she's, that, the she sound, is. the she look, is. The, is. everything is just like, that is like where my mind goes to when I think of Vaporwave. Yeah. So it's interesting to see her like kind of existing in a time or you interacting with her in a time before it was a thing before it was yeah i mean it was the same thing interacting with like ryan before he was like really got off the ground with saint pepsi yeah we're donating to his first kickstarter like (laughs) yeah man it's absolutely um so at what point um because you you did the album with uh luxury elite yeah you did uh, lipstick elite Uh with her yeah. Um, what, at what point did that kind of come along in the process? Did, so was she making music? Yeah, um, of course. She was a you know the middle of the Fortune, uh, you know, the Fortune record label. I think had just ended. Fortune mm-hmm. 500 had just ended, and uh, she was still putting out some albums. And had the idea of basically her curating vaporwave samples, right? Mm-hmm. Her curating the vaporwave samples, creating the loops. Yeah. Basically, taking a song and deconstructing it down to its most primordial essence, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of vaporwave is, right? Yep. So, you know, you deconstruct a part of a song down to its primordial essence and then you reverberate it into almost infinity. You play with the loops in it, you play with the sounds in it, and that's how you play with memory. That's mm-hmm. how you play with the idea of what 
art is, of what yeah. anything is, is you never remember a full song. You might think you do, but you really only remember a little small portion mm-hmm. of it. And um, I think it was uh, Daniel O'Patton when he started doing the um, Echo Jams. He had said that, and it was you know, it's like anyone can do the can do the Echo Jam. And the way it works is you take the song, you break it down, and the portion of the song that you that the artist chooses to repeat is says something about the artist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, the interesting way, I mean, even just physical art, but you look at like a painting or something, yeah. and you say like, okay, like you know what like the Mona Lisa looks like, but like, mm-hmm. do you know what every single little detail of it looks like and yeah. every little piece looks like and you can pick that one thing out that speaks to you or, or means it's, something. It's an excellent and, metaphor. Yeah. So the point was that she broke it down to the primordial yeah. portion of the song, then she would send it to me and I would take what that small portion of the song and then <laughs> reconstruct it into a big song again mm-hmm. and I'll put some synths on top of it and yeah. I'll put vocals on top of it. But the challenge was to take the sample that was broken down to like 15, 30 seconds, yep. and then to rebuild it into another, into a new song. Who did the vocals on that? Not me. You did? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So you do, when you do that kind of stuff, you generally record all your own vocals? and uh, I record all my own stuff for Skeleton Lipstick, Lipstick Elite. It's all my vocals. It's, uh, nice. go upstairs, there's a bunch of synthesizers <laughs> up there. A bunch of synthesizers and tape machines that things get run through. Do you, I mean, in terms of like sampling, where yeah. are you in terms, like on the sampling spectrum? Like, what, what, like, what so do I do? Or some what? people are very much like they say like vaporwave can't exist without any kind of sampling other people are trying to get as far away from it as possible there's absolutely no reason why you need to get as far away or as close to anything mm-hmm. this is art and everything is in your palette mm-hmm. you know what i mean yep there were people who when they started hearing things like media fired or stuff like that that came out were like oh i don't think this is perfect. like mm-hmm. no man absolutely this is art and this is saying something and you know what? And I, and, I, and I think that it was when, actually, I think it was Luxury Elite who really made all the kids that were a little bit about, that were a little bit thinking like, I don't know if about all this sampling stuff. But once they heard her <laughs> stuff, they're like, ours is amazing. Yeah. This is an amazing piece of art. Mm-hmm. This is creating a mood. Yep. This is creating an aesthetic. And, um, and, they, and, and I dig it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I, she really changed a lot of people's minds, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, and there's no reason. And I have some samples in. I have samples in my stuff. Mm-hmm. I have synthesizers in my stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can use whatever you want in your palette to create your music. And vaporwave does not need to be sampling. Does not need to. Not, I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of like George Clinton's not sampling anything. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of vapor vapor stuff is you know synthesized, mm-hmm. drippy synthesizers. Yeah. James Ferraro was not sampling. He yeah. was creating a mood, creating an idea mm-hmm. of some you know. You know, some sort of uh, you know, some sort of like hyper aware present, or you know, some sort of hyper aware yeah. present. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like lo- like loads of irony on top of it. So what's this whole thing about? Has to be samples. Move away from samples. Man, still use the samples. Yeah. Still don't use the samples. Do whatever you want, man. Just be true to the ideas that you have, and and you know, be true to the concept of uh, you know, vaporwave. A lot of the thing that it always has in common is this sort of anxiety of. Mm-hmm technology and information outpacing one another and that's mm-hmm. sort of almost like something that kind of happens in a lot of that in a lot yeah. of that music I, th- I think people are afraid of the lawsuit aspect of it or getting taken fuck it man this is punk rock in my opinion yeah, i mean it's to me art is yeah art anything can be art i mean mm-hmm. i mean i i remember growing up kind of being like you know whatever modern art's kind of stupid and crazy whatever and, and then you know i went through art school in college and yeah and you know, went through a photography program and and just kind of learning about the history of everything just kind of changed my perspective on yeah. it. And, and anything can be 
artistic. Everything is art. Everything is artistic in, in society and life. So. Everything we do is art, man. Yeah. This is your statement right now. You're yeah. alive. You're making your artistic statement with everything you do in life. Yeah. It's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's happening right now. Art's always happening. I mean, right? if you go and you, you take a magazine and start cutting out little things and make a collage and put it on the wall, no one's going to, the magazine's not going to come there and say like, oh, you're using our stuff. Yeah. And do it. I mean, it, it's, it's along the same I understand lines. what they're worried about. Yes. And I get yes. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I, I heard John, you know, Christ John talking about mm -hmm. it and about trying to move away from the sampling, and that's perfectly reasonable. And, you know, but uh, you don't have to if mm -hmm. you don't want to. And um, if you do want to, that's great too. And, uh, man, I, I, I'm really looking forward to uh, if John decides to do start doing like original stuff, mm -hmm. like without using the samples, I would love to hear it because yeah. that man is awesome. Yeah. He Definitely. is the best. I've talked yeah. to him a few times and uh, especially at the Electronicons when I first met him. Despite mm -hmm. him being in Pittsburgh and uh, he's so charming and smart and uh, <laughs> I just love him. And he, he's great. I love yeah, all those guys. That's the one thing that when I met all these guys at Electronicon yeah. it's so funny because it's one thing to know them online but then to see them manifest into reality yeah. with mm -hmm. all their different and, and they're all in the same wavelength. Like yeah. everybody like they're all just as funny and smart and charming and have depth yeah. as you would expect them to have from yeah. your online conversations and from their music mm -hmm. but it's just so funny to see them manifest into reality and they all have that in common mm -hmm. but then all their quirks are different you know like yeah. this one speaks with his hand this one has an accent and they're yeah. all from all over the place and, and they're just... all and they're all excited to see each other they right? are like, it was very very fun the, to see everybody the, the i was best, super excited the best well, best moment but like one of the, the, the most interesting moments was like watching Dan Mason run, oh, St. Pepsi's over there, and and you know going to like you know excited to see him and everything. Yeah, man, with these guys who are like <laughs> the biggest names in the genre are like all meeting each other for the first time and seeing each <laughs> other and like so excited to Saint see each other. Pepsi, Ryan, dear dear friend of mine, mm -hmm. came to Philadelphia, did one of his first big shows in Philadelphia back in I think 2013 mm -hmm. or whatever, or maybe God, maybe even 2012. No, it has to be 2013. Around that time, as I think he maybe had just done Gin City, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But either way, I remember him coming here and playing at like Boot and Saddle. There's another one that I have the video of that. And that's... I was like, I, I posted the video of that on Twitter. It was like five people there. <laughs> it was ridiculous. That's a pretty popular place now. That's, yeah, man. A lot it's, of little shows and, and yeah, stuff and R5 Productions, which is a big company out here in Philadelphia since since I was a kid, you know, does shows there as well. They mm -hmm. they do a lot of the promotion for that now. But um, I think they did that show too. I can't remember who he was. He was opening for someone that <coughs> I can't remember who it was. But I just remember there was only five people there for that. That's insane. Then he played the That's Dolphin insane. actually. Speaking of South Philly, he was at the Dolphin like a year after that, right mm -hmm. after Fiona Coin came out. Yep. And um, and uh, yeah, that was another random thing. They, they, they didn't know what to do with so this. I guess we'll put him in the DJ booth. They no one knew what to do. Yeah. It, no it, one knew what to do with vaporwave artists at the uh, time. And these like, are, I mean, for and he almost didn't play Fiona Coin too that night because he's like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't, I'm not gonna, I don't have it on my thing. And I'm like, I literally went up to Ryan and I'm like, they all want to hear Fiona Coin. Download Fiona Coin right now and just play, <laughs> play it and sing over top of it. <laughs> And that's what we did. I mean, for, for people who are listening, I mean, these bars are, both of them are on, on Broad Street, which is like the main drag down Philadelphia. And I mean, they're dolphins that dive like pretty. It's like a hipster dive bar. It's a, yeah. it's a hipster dive dance club. Yeah. Boot and Saddle is a little, a little. Well, Boot and Saddle is like a, it's a venue. It's, it's a bar, but then there's like a venue in the back. Yeah. yeah. It's like a mid-level, like a, like a, like a, like a mid-level band venue. Kind yeah. Of, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so you you, you were doing this music work. You're, you're putting mm -hmm. out your own music. You're yeah. working with other artists. Um, yeah. How did Terminally Chill 
oh, come to existence. How did Termally Chill come into existence? How, how long have you been doing it for? How did you I've get been, involved with it? Okay, so I've been doing Termally Chill for about like a year and three quarters now, maybe. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, the plan was, was always to eventually do Terminally Chill, um, because I just love this music and I've been involved with it for so long. And, um, you know, uh, I, I started, uh, getting involved. I was going to parties in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. pretty involved in going around to the different parties in Philadelphia over, you know, here, over the Barbary and Dolphin. When you say parties, you're just talking like... Talking about like the hipster counterculture okay. you know, the, the hipster dance parties, basically. Okay. The alternative nightlife parties. Not necessarily Delta. like other vaporwave parties, but just general... Well, they just never was a thing, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like, yeah. But like, yeah, going to the general parties where potentially a vaporwave thing might be more received, well-received. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to do this at a big club, right? Yeah. Because, well, they're not going to play anything interesting at a big club, basically, right? Yeah. But you want to, and, and you don't want to play to the, to, you don't exactly want to play that crowd because they might not understand it anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. want, whatever, wherever you place this music, you want it to be amongst a crowd that appreciates it. Yes. And you want it Very to, you so. want to grow, you want to grow the people who would already be interested in it. You don't want to just like throw this into people who are just used to hearing like, I don't know, what's popular music? <laughs> like not going to hear like oh, like regular like house music what, or whatever. Yeah, and, man, you don't want to you don't want to throw it to the bros because they'll just discard it. Even if they they won't mm-hmm. they won't treasure it and they won't look at the depth to it. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, I had been going to so I you know and I'm somebody who likes to go out and dance. So I gone mm-hmm. to these places and I'm um I had it in my head that I wanted to do a vaporwave party, but you can't just kind of do a vaporwave party <laughs> at a club, right? You can't yeah. just have yeah. that. You're right. And I think like, so what I did was, um, well, I was already a musician anyway, and I was already a producer. So I basically, you know, got DJ decks, taught myself to DJ. Mm-hmm. I made friends with all the different bartenders, club owners, promoters, got to know the scene basically, different regulars at all these places. And eventually I was able to approach the owner of the Barbary and, and I, um, I said, hey, you know, I know how to DJ, will you let me DJ some parties? So he's like, yeah, sure. You can't start with the vaporwave party either. <laughs> by the way, uh, by the way, you you don't man. The first thing I DJed actually was a fucking punk ska party because that was <laughs> because um, because no one was doing that. And I'm like, well, in my head, I'm like, I bet a ska party will work once in 2018. Yeah, and probably, then maybe probably. no longer. I mean, I do that party for like a year and a half. I did not want to do it by the time it's over. Um, yeah, and that was my big fear too, was that I'd never get a chance to, but you know, you do these parties and yeah. then from there you can let you DJ some other stuff. And then like I'd done some, I did some of the goth parties. There's a place, there was a par- goth party in, uh, you know, South Philly over the Dolphin called Unknown mm-hmm. Pleasures. I guested at that. I did some other guest DJ stuff. I basically just, you know, I got everyone, I got to know all the DJs, I got to know all the people. And man, I was worried that like that punk ska party, maybe that would be all I got to do. And I'd just be Chris mm-hmm. the ska guy in Philadelphia. <laughs> that was terrifying. I'm like, no, I'm really just doing this. So I can eventually get the, um, like, everything is about building one thing so you can do another yeah. thing, right? Like, you have the name recognition. So I have, oh, so really, no, really, I've yeah. proven myself. I know, they know I can promote. They know that I know everybody. They know that I can make a party happen. I learned yeah. how to how to set up the parties, how to do this, how to do that, the inner workings of it. From there, I was able to present the concept of Vaporwave Party. Yeah. And uh, the dude who owned the Barbary at the time, John Ryan, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. But there was a manager over at the Barbary, Gina, who DJs a lot around here too, and she's sort of aware of it, and she's like, let's move it to the main floor. Nice. And um, 
and yeah, that's when I started doing the the vaporwave party, and I just I've been listening to, to it and involved in it for uh, you know uh, nine years or so at this point. So I already knew what the hits were. I knew mm-hmm. what was good. I knew all my friends. I was friends with all these people at this point because I've been around since the beginning, and um, you know I knew I had the that you know I knew I had that with me to push it forward. Yeah. I already understood the genre backwards and forwards. The other thing I knew was that no other DJ, none of these other, my, my DJ friends mm-hmm. would be able to do this party. Because can you imagine if you never heard Vaporwave no. and you're a DJ and you're like, you know what? I want to do a Vaporwave party. Let me click on business casual and just like open yeah. up or like old English, <laughs> right? Or like, old, like, you know, any, like any of these. Oh, and like, man. I'll just pick one of these bands and like, I'll, I'm sure I'll find what works. And like, yeah. you just, you can't tell what it is. It's all like encrypted. It's coded, man. Yeah. You don't know how, they don't know what they're getting. They, they look like like two albums. One will be an ambient one. The other one will be like, you know, fucking like slush wave. Yeah, Another like, one's going to be like mall, like mall, some music that sounds like in a shopping mall. Like, yeah. then they'll be like, fuck it. <laughs> they can't do this too hard. So, but I don't need to do that. I just, I know how to navigate yeah. it. I can, I can read the imagery. I can read the code. So I, you know, I add like a hundred or 200 new songs to the Vaporwave to like, you know, the playlist, my, my big crate yeah. every, every time I do this. And like, you know, I know how to read between the lines about what's going to work pretty quickly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's the thing. So anyway, yeah. And then like my first one, George Clanton was the co-DJ for. Nice. Um, I'd actually told George, he was, cause he was playing um, a show around the first, the, the, around that, you know, in a month he was gonna play a show, right? And I told him like, mm-hmm. George, would you want to, uh, if I threw a, if I threw a party after your show, would you guess co-DJ? And he's like, yeah, all right. And then that's- Was this that show last January? Man, that was before, the one before, right before, before that, okay. one before that. And um, yeah, and he said, yeah, okay. And then uh, that's when I went to work trying to convince the people to let me do mm-hmm. Terminally Chill. And uh, he got there and he's like, all right, you did it. I'm like, yes, I did. And that's when he took a mental note of me and was like, "He's gonna run the, he's gonna run the after party for Electronicon." Nice. So, so you do these parties once every other month, every other month. So. I've been asked to do them many times monthly. I will not do it because it needs to remain special. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, makes sense. It needs to remain special. I, c- I could see it going monthly and and just becoming a chore or becoming a lot of, a lot more work than I could is. see it becoming monthly and becoming. Me not putting as much effort into it, exactly. And just being like, well, this playlist works. You don't care about it as much. You don't care. Oh, I'll much. care about it, but it's just you, like it's, it was a chore, like you yes, said. Exactly. So um, for you, it's special, and and by you keeping it special, you're going to put the care and effort and, yeah. and mm-hmm. really work on it and, and yeah, enjoy doing it. Oh yeah, man, and just um, you know, I just think that people get more excited for it when it's not happening every month, mm-hmm. and they're like, it's coming up, and you yeah. know, people like it, and then it builds each time. It's like just when you forgot about it. Oh, there it is. So you've had George. Uh, he's co-DJed with you yes. before on it. Have you had anyone else ever uh, co-DJ with you on these before? Yeah, James did the one after that from Death okay. Dynamic Shroud. Um, the virtual ninety. So and the other thing about this is like every time I do it, it just pulls more and more people yeah. out of the woodwork. After I did the first one, fantastic artist Andrew named well, does a who who is a goes by the name Geometro. He's put out mm-hmm. some stuff like Tiger Blood tapes and yep. stuff. He's fantastic. Fantastic producer, and he was the first person who was like, "This is okay, man. This is great. I, can I get involved?" And yeah, man, he co did another one with me. And then after that, like, um, I think uh, Twin Pines had had tagged me. You know, a good mm-hmm. friend of mine. He had tagged uh, the Virtual Ninety Four guys yep. who are in Philadelphia, and then they started coming around. They've yep. co-DJed before, and they usually set up a thing in the back. And That's you know, cool. so um, they got involved, and then from that, Shoji got involved. Who's a uh, you know 
who puts out some, uh, you know, who's, who put a great album on Business Casual a while back and makes amazing music, fantastic, so much energy in that guy. Mm-hmm. They're all such great people, you know yeah. what I mean? And then, and then other random people will reach out to me. This guy named Jung, who's like an up and coming guy, but he does these city pop parties in. Uh, I've seen. There's one of those coming up here, isn't there? Or probably there was one. There was one. I think recently. Yeah, there was one. Jung is great. He he got involved as well. You have to sort of be a little careful though with who you bring in because. Yeah. You don't like there have been people who've asked to co-DJ with me and they're like, I, I love this stuff. Can I co-DJ with you? And I'm like, OK, do you know how to promote? Do you know mm-hmm. how to mix? Do you know how to read a crowd? What are you going, what are you going to bring to this guy was just yeah. like, I don't have a computer. <laughs> I'm like, well, you need a computer. I'm like, at first I was like, do you have a do you have DJ next to practice with? Like, even even a beginner's thing is like, well, I don't have a computer right now. I'm like, what? Like, I can't, you can't you use your phone, man. Like, plug Come it, on, man. Like, and, and I'm just like. like yeah, you got to be careful with who you bring in. You yeah. know, people need to really understand that this isn't a basement show. You know what no. I mean? This is um, this is we have a club. We have a very lucky to have a very cool, you know, well-known hipster club in Philadelphia mm-hmm. that we I get for free. You know what I mean? I get yeah. this for free. Well, the thing was, I did the DJ. I earned that. You yeah. know, I did yeah. the DJ gigs. People knew that I could do it. It's a, a well-known venue too. I mean, the yeah. library in Philadelphia. I mean, we're in. Fishtown right now. Fishtown yeah. is essentially the the Brooklyn of Philadelphia. That's usually what I describe it as. Very yeah, it makes sense. Very yeah. hip. A lot of yeah. cool little restaurants yeah. and bars and that like yeah, that and like the old Kensington area right nearby. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this uh, you know to have a space like that so prominent in the live music scene I am, yeah. is is insane for the genre. It, it's a big deal. Uh, yeah, man. I had to uh, really. I mean, they. I had to really get to know everybody in this scene. Like I had to know all the DJs. Yeah. I know all the DJs, all the promoters. Um, I had to get to know everybody for them to trust me with shit they didn't understand. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Yeah. There's just shit. And but you know, and each one I do, um, you know, they see how well it works and how how good it is. And I got big things coming up in the future mm-hmm. that I plan to do. Um, at some bigger spaces, actually. Mm-hmm. And I've been talking to some people. I've been uh, talking to my buddy Fiber about that. And uh, yeah. there's some big things we have planned for the future in Philadelphia here. Absolutely. Awesome. I mean, I've been seeing more and more stuff come up in Philadelphia. And more and more, we're talking about the live vaporwave scene or vaporwave in general, Philadelphia tends to come up a lot now. Yeah, man. Uh, which is really cool to see. Really cool to see, you know, this stuff happening, like in my backyard. I mean, I'm biased because I. This is home now, but you I do, mean, you know. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, it is cool to to, to see it. Man. Well, the here. thing is, we did. I did terminally chill, mm-hmm. and that brought a lot of kids out, and it makes people feel empowered that they can do their own thing because we're building a community here, and people may come to this, but also come to this. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I tell people all the time is that you gotta like you gotta convert people because they may not understand it right away. But there's people who are look out here, they're art students and hipsters mm-hmm. and all kinds of people looking for something different. They're tired of going to a techno party or a goth party or an emo party or blah, blah, blah. They're kind of interested in going to something that they don't quite understand. Mm-hmm. And it's a young crowd, too. We had to kick out, and I hate the fact that we had to kick them out. We had six people who were under 21 who were at the mm-hmm. last terminal show. We, we had to kick them out because yeah. it's a 21 thing. But that's a thing for the future. I do plan to do an 18 plus thing soon. That'd be cool. But um, it's great. There that's are a young crowd. A lot of younger people in the scene that are yeah. you know, not 21 yet. I mean, president of private suite is, is you just mentioned yeah yeah is, is you know we we're talking <laughs> to me earlier, off earlier yeah. you know so it's um you know there there are a lot of younger people there so that that is awesome that you're looking to do yeah. uh, an under yeah, under man. 18 or an 18 and over party as yeah. opposed to just a 21 party um 
so obviously it's grown this coming week. You have uh, the next Terminally Chill Party yep. at the Barbary. Mm -hmm. You have James from DDS is going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you have Pad Chennington. Is what going a to firecracker be there. that gentleman He's is. Awesome. Love I, him. I've Love him to death. I've been watching him for, I don't know, since for two years now, whatever. Right yeah. since he started the channel, mm -hmm. I was one of the first patron, pat uh, patrons on his thing. Yeah, man. Uh, my I name, still remember my that. all the videos. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I remember him doing uh, his first video about like you know what is vaporwave. Yeah, and I remember being like, wow, look at this guy and all the effort he puts into this. Yeah, I'm so happy to see him bring that to the uh, yeah the real world now too. It, it's awesome to you know the energy talk, talk with him saying like I really want to do an album. I really want to do a live show. I really want to do this to like he wants to do everything. Listening to <laughs> he the, wants to yeah. do everything. Yeah. But like you know, love, listen, love it, love the energy, love him to his album, yes. and then going and seeing his first live performance at the Electronicon mm -hmm. after party, and mm -hmm. then going to the show up in New York uh, earlier this year to yeah. see his one that he put on Aesthetic Nights. Mm -hmm. He did a great job with that. He did a great job organizing that, and then uh, now he's going to be. 15 minutes from my house to yeah, man. doing other parties. So I'm stoked to see him here. Um, and then you got Mike from Video Punks. Yeah. And doing visuals. Love him. Which I am, I need to look at that box more. I, I'm fascinated crazy, by right? his, yeah. his thing. I, I went up on the stage at um, Aesthetic Nights before <laughs> the show and took a look at it. Because um, yeah. we, I think you heard the interview that we did with him on the, the yeah. previous episode. Yeah, he, and does, he was talking about all the stuff that he, he does did. with that. And it's it's just, amazing, it's right? I can't even tell He's amazing. He's going to be working with, um, it's going to be him, and then, uh, you know, we also give a big shout out to Pixelator, mm -hmm. who is the guy who does the visuals for uh, Terminally Chill. He was another guy who reached, another person who was involved in Bayboro reached out to me. He did all the visuals for, if you saw the after party on the main stage at uh, Terminally, uh, the main stage at first Electronicon, mm -hmm. he did all the visuals for that. He does them for Terminally Chill as well. So they're going to both be up there doing visuals. And uh, Blake, awesome. another, Blake is. You should see him. He's got some crazy shit too. Blake has a Guitar Hero controller, which he can control visuals on. So he goes really? into the crowd and he can change the visuals. That's insane. With a, these people are, these people are like mad geniuses. People like Mike, Mike, and uh, and Blake, aka yeah. uh, Pixelator. These people are like crazy genius people. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know how they do this. Um, I am very excited for it. I'm excited. Yeah. I don't have to go to New York to go and see the show. And no, and, man. Because after that, um, the the aesthetic nights that was a. Uh, 12-hour adventure for me from leaving here. Really? Uh, 12 yeah. hours? Well, I, I, I left at like, like 7 7 p.m. I took uh, I took the bus up to New York oh, City. I, I went over to the venue. I you know, enjoyed the show, and mm. then I left, and I got on a bus and came back at like 4 o'clock. Yeah, man, I just drove. It's two hours. Yeah, it's two hours. Then you got to park in the It takes no, it's not that bad. I was able to yeah. park right by the venue. Yeah. Actually, I parked right by, I'm sorry, no, I parked right by the venue, but then... um. Yeah. No, I parked right by the venue. It was easy. I think there's a fear of the parking situation in Manhattan, but believe believe me, you're in South Philly. Do you drive here? I, I drive. I have a you'll car. You'll be fine. So, I mean, yeah, no, I'm, I have no aversion to driving in the city. No, I mean, you'll be I'm, fine parking there, yeah. too, probably. I think it was more like, okay, I might be drunk. But you might be able, drunk. Unable to but drive. But you may not be able yeah, so. You know what? But you might not be able to so, drive. Oh, I'll take the ten dollar mega bus ticket. Take and, the ten dollar mega and, and and go up there and it's the responsible move, sir. Yeah, exactly. And then I just slept on the bus on the way back, so Sweet, it wasn't man. too bad. But yeah, it's nice to be able to do it yeah. right here at the Barbary. I love seeing all the other back. people who are doing the live things, the live shows. 
Yeah, you know what I mean. We we you know, talked with Cruz down in like Austin, and mm-hmm. I know I know I heard the interview the, with, with Ronnie Lou. Yeah, Ron, the man, I love that guy's TL, dude. Ron, what a what a firecracker! I use the word firecracker a lot, but he <laughs> is another firecracker. I remember I was um I met him the day before Electroncon at at surf at um you know at Denison Surfing Show, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, he was just like out there dancing. He came up to me. He gave me a zine. He's like, I want to show you what we're doing in St. Louis. He mm-hmm. gave me a zine, and it was personalized. He wrote Dr. Chris on it. <laughs> so, like, I'm like, he knew that I was a surgeon. Like, he knew about me already. Yeah. I'm like, he's like, whoa. This, this is Dr. Chris, Dr. Skelton. Yeah. Like, he definitely referred to me as a uh, as a doctor on it, which is like, that's this guy. Uh, he's love him. He's, he's building a, something a unique. Cool guy. He's he's kind of taken the whole local vaporwave thing into his own hands and, yeah, yes. and, and doing these shows and branching out and doing yeah. everything. Um, so it's it's really cool to see that. Uh, Alex from Pacific Plaza. Pacific Plaza, yeah, over in um, Fullerton, right? Over yeah, in Orange County. That dude's awesome. Yeah. He, I've talked to him a few times. He was on stage with us over at the uh, Electronicon after, the Terminally mm-hmm. Electronicon after party, yeah. and he was vibing up there. And he was just telling me, he's like, yeah, man, I saw what you guys are doing in Philadelphia. I want to do it where I am now. Yeah. And he's like, you guys are the inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he, him and he did uh, the um, the tape swaps uh, before the shows. Yeah, he's doing some he did a other great parties. job with that. He's I think awesome. he's working with the tape swap for uh, Essential up in Toronto. Yeah, in I'm doing the after parties for that. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's my next goal to focus. I'm focusing on that as soon as I finish this terminally chill because I, I need this to go really well so yeah. I can push it forward to the next thing in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. The next thing is working. Um, you know, I've been talking to Dane from uh, Essential about the. Uh, mm-hmm after parties and I'm trying to bring maybe some more vapor wavy people to the after party because we get mm-hmm. a lot because again a lot of future funk at essential right we should try and do a slightly funk. different so, yeah. vibe at the after party so we'll see how that goes Which makes sense I'm still there shaping that up cool got to talk to them again I haven't talked to them in a while but I've got this <laughs> other thing I'm, you're, I'm you're doing a big party right now yeah exactly. and I just started the other terminally chill in Davis California now mm-hmm. so so how are you in involved are you actually going out there and no doing it or? no 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 that's too <laughs> no that i can't do that man yeah. um but i have um i have a one of my proteges um dj fantacat uh she runs that one so mm-hmm. she was one of the co-djs for the um terminally chill after party over at um uh uh those fantastic human beings at chewing foil mm-hmm. for the la electronicon yeah man those guys are great too oh yeah. corvo and that gang mm-hmm. I love meeting people who get it and it with yeah. such energy. And so she was one of the um, co-DJs for that. And I, she's from Philadelphia originally. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. over in um, California now. And so uh, she's, I taught her to DJ. She loves Vaporwave. She's worked her way up a little bit with the DJ gigs. Finally got mm-hmm. her own open format party. And when nice. she told me she got the open format party, I'm like, well, let's brand that eternally chill. And she's like, you want to do that? I'm like, let's do it. And so, you know, I helped do the promotion for it, you know, create the event, helped basically facilitate making that happen nice. and um you know did all that stuff created that and then but she did all the uh, djing and got the crowd and all that stuff and it's a huge success and that's going to be a now monthly over there nice in uh, davis oh. so terminally chill norcal but i uh, watch from afar and let her kind of take yeah man that's the thing you just and... you got you get the right people and yep. you just Give them the ideas. You give them the motivation. You, you empower them to do it, and um, then they can create their own vaporwave scene. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I'm. She did a great job over there. But I'm just Any, happy to have the terminally chill name over on another coast yeah. now as well. Any plans to take terminally chill elsewhere? Sure. Let's than... see what happens. Yeah, maybe. Just 
yeah. if it works out. Maybe. It works out. Yeah. Okay. I would love to. You know what I mean? Because the whole thing about Terminally Chill is what I try to cultivate at that party is the it is. Yes, we have some interesting people who are going to be DJing. Right. At the end of the day, it's a it's a dance party. And the thing yeah. that defines a dance party from a normal, just normal show is it is about the audience. Yeah. It is about the aesthetic is you. Yeah. You know what I mean? The aesthetic is you, mm-hmm. the audience, right? We're here, but it's not completely about the people who are performing and DJing. It's about everybody. It's about yeah. the community. That's what the dance party is. You know yeah. what I mean? We're not here just for the performers. We're here. And that's why we're at Terminally Chill. When we DJ, it like rotates constantly, like mm-hmm. half hour sets. I'm gonna do something. Pat does something. James does something. I do something again. He does something. That's the that's that. come in and out. And just because this is a dance party, you know yeah. what I mean? I think this is the thing that I find through um, you know the big difference between a show and a dance party is you know it's about the audience and we do we you know we're gonna create a vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just about the person who's up there. It's creating a vibe that mutates and changes and inspires other people and people will come and they you know you'll hear all the, and the other thing about Terminally Chill is like you don't the one thing I try very hard to do is to make sure that as much that can be danced to yeah. from the vaporwave scene mm-hmm. can be represented at that party. Yeah. So there, you know, a good DJ understands that there's a thousand different vibes out there yeah. for any genre. You don't just have to do, you know, you don't just have to do synth synthy stuff the whole time. Mm-hmm. You don't just do future funk the whole time. Yeah. You do you move Good from a, you move it, yeah. from a Lola disco to a George Clanton, yeah. you know, to yeah. uh, you know, to a um, to, to to everything. You know yeah. what I mean? And if you bring, I mean, to a luxury yeah. elite, you know what yeah. I mean? To a the, fucking blank banshee, yeah, and a I, fucking I, Ducat, I, you know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you know how to bring the energy to these kind of things, and even yeah. not even through music, just through like your movement and everything. I mean, at at aesthetic nights, I know. I think you came in during like the fiber set mm. and yeah, everyone's kind of like, you know, whatever, just do whatever. Yeah. And you just come, come in and just start going nuts. And then like the, the room like went off like right, right <laughs> yeah. from the beginning. And it's like, <laughs> all right, party's here, ready to go. And, and that was it. Yeah, man. It was, absolutely. It like, all right, this is, I'm excited for totally chill. <laughs> Thank this, this you. I love really it. Awesome. In my opinion, the dance party is a medium. It is a medium for to me. What yeah. terminally chill is an art project, and the dancing, the dance party is the medium for the art. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um. So, I mean, in terms of um, just outside of skeleton lipstick. Yes. Like outside of oh, okay. of of. You know, vaporwave and everything. Uh-huh. Um, what do you? You mentioned you're a surgeon, correct? Yours. So, like, what what kind of stuff do you I, do? Like, what do you? Uh, okay, I'm a maxillofacial surgeon. Okay. So I, um, you know, uh, <laughs> like I was, um, I was in like residency, kind of almost like well, I was just just starting residency. I think when like all the vaporwave started mm-hmm. stuff started happening. So um, I, uh, I, I do, um, I um, have been trained in like reconstructive facial surgery. Removal of giant tumors. I've, I've seen some pretty wow. crazy stuff, man. Uh, removal of uh, large neoplasms from people's faces. Mm-hmm. Um, orthognathic work, which is where you break the jaw and move it forward to accommodate a different bite or, sur- yeah. or yeah. Uh, facial deformity. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of trauma repair, macerations, mm-hmm. macerations, um, pulverized facial bones, things like that. Wow. Uh, oh, my God. It's crazy. I've, I've done some crazy surgeries, man. I we did could imagine. One surgery, we, this, it's called a bicoronal flap, where you actually make an incision right here from the, since it's the point of the ear is the tragus, and you go around the head to the other portion of the tragus. So you basically, you yeah. de-glove the entire forehead, 
We did that to sort of harvest this muscle called the temporalis muscle and flip it from here and put it into someone's face to fill a void from a tumor we removed. Wow. Another one where we did like a pectoralis flap where you like move this. Yeah, and you kind of tunnel in. it up the neck to fill in the spot that you've taken out. And uh, it's, it's, it's bonkers. Wow. Wow. So how, I mean, how long did you have to go to school? For now, like, though, I would say, oh, dude, how it goes. Okay, yeah. yeah. So basically, well, school counting residencies for, for uh, uh, eight, nine. I mean, if you count residency too, I guess that's like uh, 13 years. Wow. <laughs> 13 or 14 years. Wow. I was doing vaporwave in between that though. I was doing all yeah, that in mean, between yeah, that. Yeah, it must have been. Well, you know, you can't, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to not be who I am. Yeah. But I also don't see any reason why you cannot do all the things. That you cannot accomplish all your professional and academic goals mm -hmm. and just be your fully weird self. No, I mean, absolutely. I've got like a bunch of, some of these tattoos are actually medically oriented. Yeah. This is a facial fracture and all kinds of stuff. Oh, there you go. It's crazy. The blood supply of the face, head, neck, and mouth. I mean, it's always interesting. I always find it There's interesting. There's the vaporwave tattoo right there, actually. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> I always find it interesting what, you know, what people do kind of outside of vaporwave because there's very few people that are, that do vaporwave. Like their life, yeah. their life is vaporwave. I mean, we're starting to see it a little more now where people are quitting their jobs and, and yeah. going and doing it full time. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's certain things that people James do. Equip. No, yeah. I mean, there, there's um, certain things that people do. Like, I, I feel like you, I don't know, but like if you would never like give up medicine or, or surgery, or I would like never that. give it up completely. Yeah. You know, I will tell you that I, I am in private practice now. I have mm -hmm. limited my scope significantly mm -hmm. so I can do many other things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, we should try and live as many lives as we can. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. this is kind of, it's it. You know, yeah. as I mentioned, this is your artistic statement right now. Mm -hmm. So start making it. Yeah. I mean, I I enjoy Vaporwave. I would love to, like, get into, like, you know, private suite, you know, doing that. You know, yeah. Much more. I mean, At the same time, I, I, I love again, travel. I, said, yeah. I mean, yeah. I love I love traveling and I love, you know, like what I do and, and playing and that kind of stuff. And, and I, I don't think I could ever give that up, you know, completely. Yeah, man. It's, um. You go, you you go where life takes you. You know what yeah. I mean. You go where life takes you. I enjoy everything that I do. Mm -hmm. I enjoy doing the surgeries. I enjoy being a part of this scene, and I enjoy um, that sort of stuff. Yeah, That's just awesome. enjoy making my artistic statement, and honestly, the surgery is part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's an art form in itself to to be able to do that kind of stuff. Pretty crazy, yeah. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, that's something I could never, I, I could never picture myself considering doing something like that. It's insane. I mean, I'm like, I'm tell you though, I um, I make the majority of my income from freaking wisdom teeth, which I really? also do. <laughs> yeah, because I do the anesthesia. I have an unrestricted anesthesia license. Okay. So I okay. do that as well. Okay. Yeah. I just had my, I think I had mine removed a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. You're a little bit old to get them taken out. I was right it's at the tough, cut. I was right at the age, cut off. Yeah. I was, age. They, I basically went in for a checkup. Like, I neglected going to the dentist. Something my teeth were bad, but like they, um, they basically like, yeah, like they're not a problem, but if you're going to remove them preventatively, you should do it now. Yeah, if it gets hard not, to get older. If not, then it could, you, it yeah, could be a lot worse to remove them. You know them, what? So. I don't think we need to talk about wisdom teeth anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else do you want to talk about? So, private sweet wisdom teeth yeah, edition. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about all the different types of impactions now we for go, the next uh, 35 to uh, 40 yeah. minutes. Okay, guys? We go on tangents here. We like to have <laughs> yeah, fun here. Yeah, all right. Um, so we're, <laughs> we're, we're in Philadelphia. Are you yeah. from Philadelphia? I'm from New Jersey. Okay. Where, where I'm from South Jersey, right over the bridge. Okay. So, so not too 
No, man, I was always going into town. So I used to um, basically when I was growing up, 14, um, you know, in my opinion, Vaporwave is still the spirit of punk rock. Do you know what I mean? It's still the spirit of do it yourself. It's mm -hmm. still the spirit of create the scene you want to see, which is what punk rock meant. Yeah. So and I'm not the first person to say that. Yeah. Liz said that who used to run the um, the uh, SPF uh, 420 stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. She was saying the same exact thing. Not the first person to say it. I was literally having a long conversation. I had a long conversation with Telepath about this when we were uh, at Electronicon. Yeah. It was completely in agreement. Yeah. yeah. This is not. A, he even said that in the, in the, in an article in one of you guys. Yeah. One of your magazines mm -hmm. too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He even said that. Yeah. So, um, hey, if you want to call me, being <laughs> that guy's amazing. I love I've that. heard. Yeah. I mean, he's we were, fantastic. Yeah. I'm not gonna say this actually happened for my, you know, because I'm on record as being well, a medical professional. <laughs> but um, if you have the opportunity to smoke up with telepath, <laughs> just take it. It's fucking great. Oh, man. I, that's great. That's great. Oh, um, yeah. I, I almost, man, I got to stop that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 I think that's, that's public. Right? Yeah, but I mean, we. That's I mean, not even, that's his corporeal form anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, so, I mean, you're, you're from, the, I mean, it's, um, I always finish. I'm, I'm not from Philadelphia. I, I grew up in New York. Yeah. Um, oh, awesome. All over New York. You know, I was born in Long Island and grew up in Poughkeepsie and then Buffalo, all over yeah. the place. Yeah. Um, I feel like South Jersey's kind of, I don't know, South Jersey is drawn to Philly, North Jersey is drawn to New York City. Yes. And it's kind of. Exactly. Just, exactly. Well, my family's all from Newark, actually. Okay. So, so I understand North that. Jersey. But, um, but yeah, we used to, you know, when I was like 14, used to just go in on the train with my friends mm -hmm. and we would go to this place um, back in the late 90s uh, called Stalag 13, which was like a punk sh punk place, mm -hmm. punk warehouse show. And, um, you know, that place was amazing. And I saw that people were able to put things together and get bands. That, that place got weird and violent, too, occasionally. I remember those one of the Get Up Kids on there were playing there and they were just like off four minute mile. They weren't big yet, but uh, they, like, they had to shut the show down because people were breaking glass and like... <laughs> So um, you've been you've been in the like the underground Philadelphia. Yeah, music the, the kids scene from for, Nine forever. Circle. It was the kids from Nine Circle, the hardcore straight edge um, gang. Like was hardcore causing a straight edge gang. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, of course, yeah, man. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. They were they were interesting characters, and a lot of them are um, you know have uh, gone on to you know, like gone on to be like Joe Hardcore, who runs the uh, This Is Hardcore Festival. Who is a fantastic mm. person, by the way, mm -hmm. and he was another person. I saw what he did. He had taken his underground scene and built it into a thing. Yeah, and it was one of the things that made me want to do it with Vaporwave. Mm -hmm. And I remember I actually um, DJed the um, This Is Hardcore after party, and uh, I had known of Joe for years, and I finally got a chance to work for him. It's just like such a cool dude, such an interesting guy, in my opinion. Um, whatever else, you know, you know. I just I think he's very interesting. I, I think he's very cool. I think it's interesting what he's built. And I just like one I would, was finally able to go up to him and say like, hey, you know, I've been like monitoring what you do with your scene for years, and um, I love it. And I'm, I'm trying to do my own thing with Vaporwave. And he's like, that's great, man. If you ever like need some help with anything, you let me know. And it's just really cool to see different scenes, like different yeah. like like warlords of different scenes. <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? Like, yeah, man, it's really cool to be like talk to him. And um, but you, know, I saw people who were doing that. Yeah. And I wanted to be involved with something like that too. And I remember when Vaporwave was starting to gel into a thing, like just mm -hmm. something intuited to me to like remain with these people right here because this is going to become a new, uh, a new paradigm in the same way that goth is a paradigm, mm -hmm. in the same way that punk is a paradigm. Vaporwave will become a paradigm, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Where it's where once the music becomes associated with some kind of art mm -hmm. and it begins to transcend genre and becomes a concept in the same way mm -hmm. punk 
becomes a concept in the same way goth becomes a concept and then it, it is now like you have the purists who are going to be like well vaporwave is only sampling the same way you're going to have purists back for, in my day it was well, a, for the yeah. same way you have punk rock purists yeah. who are going to say punk rock has to sound like this mm -hmm. and you know or like goth has to sound like this and in my opinion i'm like well punk rock can also sound like something angular and weird like q and not you or and you know, goth can see something, something like can have trap beats associated with it. Mm -hmm. And now vaporwave can you know be the, all the things too. You want to so if you want to sit there and just say vaporwave just has to be samples and fuck you, man. You're just like the, <laughs> talking about like well, punk rock is only punk rock if it sounds like the Ramones. So fuck you. Yeah, yeah, it's bullshit. You're it's artificially limiting yourself. It's a concept, man. It's a yeah. spirit. It's transcended sound at this point. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> Do you have any kind of like hopes for where the genre and the movement kind of moves in like, let's say the next like five years or what you'd like to see? Uh, what I'd like to like see. Like the community do or, or community kind of evolves? Do. Oh, man. Hmm. Um, I mean, you look at like the last two years kind of like, yeah. you know, it's last two years. Hmm. It's like live vaporwave has decided to like exist yes has it decided happened. to exist it, it is it is it's like this is a thing it's happening and it's and it's awesome and that's that's kind of where the community is going um yes um and i would like you, to you've see... been around since the beginning yes you know so yes or it had a name um <laughs> who i'd like to say really quickly I'm, I'm gonna get to that question but i yeah. just on a brief tangent i want to give a lot of credit for the reason this all exists mm -hmm. in my opinion is like it's because of fucking dennis and 18 carat affair and because mm -hmm. of and Dreams West too, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Then and James, and, I'm sorry, and Dennis will be like, I don't know, I was just fucking around Lo-Fi. I didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> but like that dude, like created a, you know, he really people gathered around what those two yeah. artists in particular were doing, and were like, there was a lot of ideas floating around after like you know about what is going to happen next and how mm -hmm. things are going to come together, what the aesthetics are going to be, what the feel is going to be for this kind of what's going to happen next. You yeah. know, like you know, a lot of ideas were floating around. Those two people fucking nailed it, and like people like became friends with them and hovered around because you're gonna have like iconoclastic people like you know like like Ramona is great and Vectroid, yeah, but just a little unreachable, right? You know, yeah, like a little unreachable, <laughs> a little bit uh, you know, as up until recently, I up think. until recently, yeah. but a little bit even still, you know, even still yeah. the very mysterious, very, very mysterious, yeah. right? But Dennis wasn't mysterious. Mm -hmm. You could talk to Dennis. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? You know, like you could you could talk to Dennis. Dennis was like a fan of of your stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? And um. You know that really helped create community you know what i mean the fact that we all liked what dennis was doing mm -hmm. yeah. me and george and uh mm -hmm. yeah and uh and auto and alex you know alex scanning of like mesh and all these other people mm -hmm. from the beginning i all really liked what dennis was doing mm -hmm. so we yeah. all were gonna be friends yeah cool. <laughs> yeah cool. zach from mason from auto i wish he would play out more often he's <laughs> so cool but anyway, back to the what your question yeah. was, because I just went off on a huge tangent. Because okay. I wanted, That's I wanted to say that. So, I was, so I what we do. We, well, we, I, had, like, I have an opportunity to say that. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. yeah. So um, and like I want to get, I want to just inform the kids. If you see yeah. Dennis, say thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Dennis. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. love him. But anyway, what I want to see happen in the future, more involvement from. I think the hard thing about Vaporwave is like there's so much great music out there that it's hard to keep track of it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I see really great artists in, in uh, like that are just one artist amongst many on a band camp, uh, on a record label band camp. 
And like, I'm just like, man, I wish they would just push their shit a little harder. Or like, man, I wish people would listen to this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, when I do Terminally Chill, I'm going to play the stuff that we all like and all the artists we all love. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying really hard to like find these people who might not be as big. And I'm going to put them in the set as well. Mm-hmm. Because it's just going to get stale if we just keep yeah. celebrating the same people forever. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You need the newer, smaller artists. And I love them all. They're all my friends. <laughs> like yeah. we can't celebrate the same people forever. Yeah. No, you it's not and they and they don't need to go away, but there needs to be new waves. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? New waves of new heroes. And that's what it's like. And if if a scene doesn't do that, it begins to die. So we need to continue to involve more people and celebrate the people who are really doing something very interesting, very different, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Within the scene, instead of just again talking about another person that we like that we all like but let's let's come on let's keep doing this do you think there's an issue with how much is coming out at any one time no so even <laughs> no no because not. this is punk Next rock one. man yeah. everyone gets a voice that's why i love no, April I'm not, not so much that everyone gets a voice i don't think there's an issue with how many artists are doing it yes i think it's more like obviously i think the frequency of which albums and new music comes out from existing artists hmm. is a lot faster than you would typically see really? in some other genres. I mean, I sometimes, I mean, I guess you're right. It depends on the artist. You see some artists that are pushing out a new album every month. I do or, see that. You know, so I do um, worry about them doing that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's got to be exhausting. Yeah. I like, I haven't, I think I have, um, I'm finally working on my second album and then I released Close the Melts in like 2012. And yeah. I had some EPs in between there. Yeah. Um, and I did Lipstick Elite, yeah. but like I've, I'm like I have this record that I'm uh, I wrote like years ago you know, during my divorce, and I'm finally gonna release that. So uh, yeah, um, that'll be the second album, and it also was written like four years ago. But I'm working on other stuff after that. But yeah, I say pace yourself, and also yeah. there's, but you know, well, who am I to say? You know what I mean? That's their mo- that's their what they want to do. Yeah, it does suck though sometimes when I have like a really great artist mm-hmm. and they have like so much output. And I'm trying to find, I'm like, I know they got some amazing songs on each one of these albums. And I'm like, I can't listen to all of them. This yeah. sucks, man. I remember <laughs> talking like, to, um, to... It was like Conscious Thoughts or something. Like I was listening, I was trying to go through like, they're like, oh man, I can't. There's too much. Like I remember talking to uh, Music to Hang Up at Electronicon 1. We were talking, he was, he was mentioned, we we're talking about this topic. And he said there was one artist that he, he found, I, I can't remember who it was, but he was putting out like a new album every week or like every few days or something like that and he's like the stuff is is good like the the, the foundation for what he's doing is actually really interesting and the, mm. the actual um like the, the core aspects of it mm-hmm. but it's like if you just like slow down a little bit and yeah like you might maybe really flesh it out it. a little bit more it's yeah. like you could do something incredible it's, it's it and it's yeah. but you know what if if that's what you like to do, that's what you like to do, and if that's your your artistic process, then yeah, so it's easy. it's it's really tough because you know you want to tell people to just settle down, find your sound, find what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't put something out right away because you run the risk of maybe sounding generic, or you run mm-hmm. the risk of it sounding half baked. Yep. You know what I mean? Sometimes people just want to be a part of the scene, so they're gonna do their what's basically just fucking doing water what, what like doing like a waterfront dining album or whatever mm-hmm. you know what i mean and a lot of people do that and um you, and it's sometimes and you get them sometimes and they sound really cool yeah but then you forget them that's a shame mm-hmm. like i go through record labels the record labels if you have a vaporwave record label i probably looked at it why <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i've probably gone through a bunch of your releases and i hear stuff 
That, and it's always great, man. That's the thing about Vaporwave is like it's always really cool. Always and I always find something. find something that's so interesting to hear. <laughs> but then sometimes you forget it because, you know, I don't know, man. It kind of sounds like a haircuts for men sort of concept, you know, that I've already heard them do. And mm-hmm. that they've like, you know, him do. And um, it's a shame. I, I wish um, I would. What I would like to see is a little bit more playing around with the concepts and the artwork. And the concepts for what you're doing and creating a more taking time to create more of a world with what you do mm-hmm. so you can just if you're going to be playing around with uh you know like a mall sort of aesthetic mm-hmm. or you know like a twin peaksy 80s you yep. know roma romance sort of aesthetic yep. you know you're gonna have to you know but maybe they don't want to do that maybe that's why they do it so they can, so it can be weird and anonymous yeah i don't know what the motivation is that's the thing there's, there's no wrong way to do it there's, there's no there, wrong way there to do no, it there's no you know, well, what do you want to do Vaporwave with this? 101, no. you know, course, and this is how you make an album. Well, that's what's great about Vaporwave scene is like you can have people who are out here trying to, like, you know, do something that sounds really big, and they're going to try and play on stage, mm-hmm. and there's just as much room for those people who want to be, like, rock stars as there are for the people who want to be mysterious and anonymous, mm-hmm. and there's no other genre that does that. You can't really, call, like, it's crazy, mm-hmm. you know, that you have so many different concepts of ways of doing it, and they're all acceptable. You know what yeah. I mean? Just because we have moved Vaporwave into the IRL scale and because there's people out there who have a lot of energy that want to like bring a big crowd and mm-hmm. do Vaporwave a certain way, that is no reason why we can't have the people who want to do it this way. Yeah. And that's what's really cool about the whole thing. Yeah. And there's space for everything. And with Terminally Chill, I'm going to play stuff that is going to work on a dance floor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and bend to as many different ways as doing that. You know, I'm yeah. going to play some Luxury Elite. I'm going to play some Disquette Park. I'm gonna play some future girlfriend music. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna play some some like wasted nights or FLA Mingo, you know, mm-hmm. and like which is different vibes, but you can still dance to it. And I'm gonna play some anthemic stuff like George Clanton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But maybe you'll go home. And you'll be like, "Where's all this come from?" And you're gonna go click on these things, and you're gonna find some telepath. You know new. what I mean? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Absolutely, man. Who are? I mean, obviously you've had some guests come in. Who would you like to? Who I like? Oh yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> who would you like to uh, guest DJ? Yeah, like the guest DJ chill in the future. Oh man, I would love to somehow get super flat here. <laughs> I think he's in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Man, oh man, I love his music. Super flat? Yeah. He's in Mexico City. Is he Mexico City? I think so. I don't know, yeah. I know Brazil. Mexico City. That's right. He's in Mexico yeah. City. I'd love to get super flat. I know he does DJ, and so that's the thing. There's yeah. a lot of people who I'd like to get at terminally chill. But I don't know if they know how to DJ sometimes. I don't know if they know how to read an audience. Mm-hmm. I know that they know how to make it about the audience. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's tough. It's not about you. And it's about like reading what the audience wants and doing that. And then it is about you a little bit to create the vibe and then to just nurture it and to make something different with it and mutate it. And each time you do that DJ set, it's going to be, at least how I view it, it's going to be an artistic statement. And it's going to be a journey. And it's, I can't believe people plan DJ sets sometimes. Like, that's crazy. Like, that's insane. Like, I have, like, crates, right, that yeah. are set up with all my different subgenres of Vaporwave mm-hmm. and all my things that I've already logged away that I know mm-hmm. work with audiences. But, man, how could you ever just, like, have, like, a one, two, three, four thing? Like, what if, they, the like what if the vibe is working? What if the, girls stop, what if the girls stop dancing? Like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, you're going to have to throw in some vapor trap towards the end of the night. Like, you've got to do that. And then you bring it to this because... People get tired sometimes if they're just going to hear like anime sounding stuff or disco sounding stuff or mm-hmm. low tempo or like funky sounding stuff. Nah, they get a little bit, you got to keep them guessing. I can mm-hmm. throw some like lo fi house in there too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said super flat. 
I love I, I really, I'm really. Oh man, I that's would love to see. I would him love to see him. I know he DJs, so I know that he does parties too. So yeah. like, I bet, and I'm like, I mean, you, if you listen to his albums, mm-hmm. you, like, it's a party. It's a fucking party. It man. is. I, it's a party. His, uh, Midnight Ads was. Oh like, the man, first, oh, I love it. That was love the it. first. Love that album. Cassette that I bought. Oh really? Yeah. Like that was the, that was the first physical. Component Thank you, John, for releasing that. Yeah, really. And oh, I, I saw it pop up on Bandcamp. Like, and I'm like. Pop up's great. All right, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Oh, you said pop up, and I just thought the artist pop up. No, 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 I'd no, have no, him come no. DJ too, actually. <laughs> Fiverr, no. Fiverr was actually the other guy who I wanted to, who I would really want to come. But oh yeah, man, he just reached out to me, so I didn't even need to like. And I love him. He's the best. Such yeah. a cool guy, and he can fucking. You see him as he has a blast up there. And that guy knows that. And that's another guy who knows how to DJ. Great, mm-hmm. love it, man. He's like just learn the CDJs, all that stuff. Love it. Yeah. No, he's a, this is another thing I'm going to recommend to people who um, want to start throwing parties and doing parties is at some point, and this is speaking as somebody who is a DJ and gets paid to DJ, not just Vaporwave, <laughs> but other things, right? And who understands how the DJs and the promoter community, you know, view things. Like you can't just bring the $200 controller. You can learn on that yeah. and you can do that for your first few things. But if you want to do this professionally and you want to like start bringing it into clubs, and not just be playing for your friends and stuff, you're gonna have to get a better controller and you're, someone's gonna you have to find someone to teach you CDJs at some point because they just respond to that. And like, especially if you're trying to make Vaporwave valid in a club scenario, mm-hmm. you can't just roll up with your little DJ equipment and expect these dis, these techno DJs to take you fucking seriously, because they're not. <laughs> and I'm only saying this to you guys out of love because I love everybody who mm-hmm. listens to this, but I'm gonna tell you, like, I'm out there in the real DJ world yeah. with these techno DJs who don't give a fuck about whatever vaporwave is, yeah. and they're gonna look at you like you're playing with a Fisher Price toy, and, and they'll you, eat you alive. Yeah, I mean, they'll eat you alive, dude. You hate like, to say, like, oh, you know, like, oh, you just need to go buy the most expensive thing, and like that'll make you better or whatever. But invest because you you're investing in yourself. You need and to people start, take it more seriously. Yeah, you need to start somewhere with with, yeah, with you, anything. You, you know, start, start with you a buy the starter thing at first. Yeah. Yeah, and then if like you said if you want to go seriously, yeah. then you need to actually take it oh seriously. absolutely like you know barbara uses cdj's pads mm-hmm. controller is not a controller it is basically a portable version of a cdj you mm-hmm. know that's what he uses mm-hmm. and that's a smart move on his part mm-hmm. once he started to start doing parties he has his thing that's like a cdj thing so he could use the cdj's yeah. if he needs to go somewhere you know but even him he'll you know if he keeps doing but he knows he and he up. knows this so yeah. that's why he's got that kind yeah. of equipment yeah but you, know, you don't want to always be looking at a laptop you don't want to no it looks like you're doing homework <laughs> you're just clicking a button. You're just, you're just you know, clicking. I mean, it just looks like it, it's fine. And you've got to have to do that for, like, the gigs. And when I do that for the gigs, it's like I got that fancy little light on mm-hmm. my thing that lights yep. up and does cool shit. But, you know, and here's the thing. Like, look at the computer screen a little bit, but actually, like, look at your controllers. Look at your knobs. Mm-hmm. Don't keep staring at the computer screen with your mouth open. Mm-hmm. It looks bad. You know, yeah. it looks not, it doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. That's another thing about DJing is it's like you got to make it look good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you learn in time. I did all that shit when I first started. But I realized that, like, the other DJs in this scene, like, once you, like, leave the vapor, once you leave the soft, cuddly world of your Vaporwave friends, and you're out there with people who don't give a fuck about, like, what Vaporwave is, these yeah. techno DJs, you know what I mean? Just, They'll eat you alive yeah. if you look, if you, like, don't, you know, look, look, look no, if you give them a chance. I, I think that's why I appreciate what Mike from Video Punks does so much is he's... He's you. It's so easy just to make you know a video and throw it on a projector and like get these visuals for my set and that's mm. it. And he goes and does it. Yeah, he does he it. Turns it. Blake into does that too. An art form. 
he does and Mike is such a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. I like Mike too because Mike is like dyed in the wool with some other scenes as well. Yeah. Before oh, the yeah. vaporwave thing. Yeah. And that's why he's like got such credibility. Yeah. And um in my opinion. Um uh, Blake does that too. Like Blake is always making the visuals. Like he has stuff and he hit but he won't just play a video. He'll start map like mapping it out, doing mm-hmm. weird stuff to it, glitching it out. He puts a camera on the dance floor and yeah. like that mixes the two things together. So yeah. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. It's awesome. Yeah. I hope to continue the terminally chill thing um, yeah. with a bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah. Do you do you see terminally chill going beyond just a dance party? Can you see that turning yes. into like a movement or like yes. a festival or anything like that? Well, okay, hold on. Um, <laughs> I can see doing other events under the terminally chill name mm-hmm. or the skeleton lipstick name. I am not trying to do a festival though. Mm-hmm. I am doing dance parties. I am trying to create. I will. I can definitely see doing some merchandise or sponsoring some other mm-hmm. things. But I am trying to basically stay in my lane here for what mm-hmm. I think I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to do a festival because you know what? George did a great job at the festival. Mm-hmm. If someone else wants to do a festival, that's great. But in my mind. I want to let George focus on doing another one of these great festivals. Yeah. I'm not trying to draw people away from that. He did such a great job. Yeah. Man, what a great guy he is too. Yeah. And I just and like and like as soon as he started getting it ready, I like I remember I messaged him like, "What's going on with this festival thing?" He's like, "Oh, I already got a job for you." And so like, <laughs> yeah, man, I do parties, right? Yeah. I throw parties. And George put me in charge of the electronic after parties cuz that's what I do, yeah. you know? That's, that's my role here. I'm a, not trying to go. That's what I like to do. There's there's a place for the big, you know, tw- you know, twice annual vaporwave festival that exists. Yeah, and there's also the place for the you know Thursday and guess night. Guess what? Terminally Chill was at both of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. Terminally Chill was basically another performer. Yeah, and at the same time, we did the late night hours for the after for the for for the Electronicon one the main stage from like 11 to 4 a.m. Yeah. with St. Pepsi going up there, you know, uh, Negative Gemini going up there, James going up there, myself going up there, the Virtual 94 guys going up there, Plus Shoji going up all there. All the other stuff you had uh, 3D Blast up there, Pad there. Pad know, was, was doing his thing in the other room, yeah. killing it. Pad was killing it in his room with his yeah. boys, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh yeah, you know, you have the party. That's a this is a party, you know what yeah. I mean? And the party can be a part of a. I have no problem being a part of festivals. Yeah, I'm not organizing a festival. Yeah. That's not what I want to do. It sounds like a lot of work. It well, it's not like what I want to do, <laughs> and it's not what. And like you know, I this is like you know the worst thing you can do sometimes is just you know everyone wants to do everything, but you mm-hmm. got to figure out the thing that you really love, and you mm-hmm. got to build from that. And you, you know, I'm not. Uh, I like having. And, you know, I don't do a festival, but I do like having the artists come and DJ. Mm-hmm. And then they're, it's a whole other experience when they're doing it. You know what Absolutely. I mean? And they can express themselves with all the music that they love, yeah. all the stuff that influences them, all the yeah. stuff that they want you to hear, and their music too. You know what yeah. I mean? It's awesome. James gets up there. And James starts playing like a bunch of like city pop and all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit. That's that Aaron Shaw gets up there and he's like, this is the shit that's influencing me. This is the shit yeah. that I like to dance to. This is the shit that I want you to dance to with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. You dance with me. James is up there dancing. You're dancing with Death Dynamic Shroud. And this that's great. How fucking cool, awesome. man. So I don't need to do it. I don't want to do a festival. Yeah. Yeah. Not I'll play at a festival. Yeah. A skeleton lipstick will play at a festival or terminally chill can play at a festival. I have no not. problem with that. Yeah. But I'm not I don't, don't want to do that. Now I do not mind the idea of making I mean, I would love to create some merchandise. That'd be cool. Because it would be nice to be able to pay for this stuff. 
be nice to be <laughs> to able to like, it. Well, because like, like I'm very fair. I have to pay everybody that yeah. is involved with this. Anyone who makes a flyer for me, anybody who does something for this party, I'm going to pay you fairly. You're not giving them exposure bucks and stuff. Fuck that. No, you, you're That's an stupid. artist. You get paid. That's yeah. mean. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. That's me. That's yeah. taking advantage of people who are putting hard work mm -hmm. into what you want. You pay the people who do the work for you. You pay the people who do the work for you. Okay. Yep. And um, you know, uh, you know, like I fortunately get the Barbary for free. Thank God I don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. But like you know, the money I make from Terminally Chill that goes to the people that help me make Terminally Chill. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then you know, sometimes there's a little bit left over. Not really. Uh, <laughs> usually I do other DJ gigs, and that helps pay help, yeah. helps pay for the people I use. I want to make it special, but it yeah. helps pay for the people who I uh, have at Terminally Chill. Yeah. So yeah, but I would like to expand maybe some some sort of thing like that. I would definitely like to do some T-shirts, mm -hmm. some maybe special edition albums. Maybe people mm -hmm. want to contribute. If artists want to contribute to a Terminally Chill like mixtape, that's the thing I've thought about in the future. And I'd like to do bigger, big events. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like an 18 plus event, an 18 plus dance party, mm -hmm. which is kind of what I've been talking to Fiverr about. And um, and I'm thinking about other people to bring into it and um, you know do big parties like that. Not necessarily a festival where there's big delineations between who's playing when, but you know that's what when I did the after party for Terminally Chill at the first Electronicon, I was just jumbling people back and forth. I mean that was crazy too. Like that was nuts. Like I was like there was no planning. Like yeah. I was like in charge of all that shit. Yeah. And um and like I'm not satisfied with just you know like you know doing this and this and this and this. So I like I'm like. I'm like juggling when to put who on. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we start with this person. We do this person. Then Ryan will come on now. Mm -hmm. and Lindsay will come on here. And like, you know, um, and then James will do this here. And and it's funny, I had like a big mixer in the center of that stage. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like running back and forth. I was doing my sets. And yeah. I had a giant mixer that I put in a bunch of the stage that I was like sending over to the main sound guy. Like just praying sound was coming out of it the whole time. And I would just mix. So like when one DJ was in, you know, I'm going, I'm helping Ryan set up on one end. Yeah. And Lindsay's ending her set over here. And I'm helping Ryan set up. And then like as Lindsay begins to end, I'm like, I'm having Lindsay play something at a certain tempo. And Ryan, you start your song. And I'm like, I'm mixing between the two, like on the fly. It all worked out beautifully. But um, yeah, that's the thing about what I would like to do is more like, I like keeping people guessing. Like it's a, a dance party is a different energy, right? Yeah. You want people to never know what's going to happen. The vibe keeps changing. Mm -hmm. And so I would like to do that on a bigger scale for sure. But I wouldn't call that a festival. I would just call no. that a party. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'd bigger, love, I'd love a to have bigger a bigger party. A bigger party, man. I'd love to have a bunch of vaporwave artists and just do like a big all day thing. And like you, you know, they're coming on, and you know, we're emceeing a little bit to say who's coming up yeah. next. But the vibe never ends. The the, the vibe mm -hmm. never ends. It continues to mutate, but like it just keeps going. I wouldn't yeah. do that. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't. I think that's. I think that's pretty much it. That's all I have, really. Is there yeah. anything else that you wanted to let anyone um, know or talk about? Or Terminally Chill is uh, January 30th at uh, the Barbary in Philadelphia. Um, it's going to have Pat Chennington, Death Dynamic Shroud, and myself, Mike Video Punks and Pixelator doing uh, visuals, and um, Acer uh, AV. Oh, wait, there's a Acer AV. Is, there's going to be florals too, right? <laughs> um, oh my God, what's the name? They just changed their company name. I really want to shout them out though, because <laughs> the visual, the, the the flowers, we do, we have these beautiful, like crazy, like flower. Yeah. We decorate the Barbary in floral arrangements, and um, what the fuck? Uh, sleepwalker. There we go. Okay, perfect. Um, okay, so there's also going to be flower arrangement. We have like a big crazy, like we decorate the Barbary in flowers. It's sort mm -hmm. of a play on the idea of floral shop, and uh, <laughs> but we have the, but nice. the thing is that the flower, the flower arrangements. It's not just like 
these are your grandmother's flowers, yeah. right? Like this, these crazy, amazing, beautiful works of art that just mm -hmm. sort of adorn the different, um, you know, rafters mm -hmm. of this, uh, you know, alternative dive bar, yeah. dive club, you know what I mean? And uh, so we have basically a Sleepwalker, um, is what they, is the new name for um, Sleepwalker and uh, Acer AV. They do the, um, the floral arrangements for that. So that'll be interesting. And Virtual 94 guys will be there as well. They're probably, they like to come and, uh, they set up like a little sort of like almost like an interactive display and the interactive art piece in the background, mm -hmm. like, um, you know, with like video games you can even play and stuff. Yep. They got all these yep. like weird screens mm -hmm. and they do a great job with their little centerpieces with the centerpieces that they do. And, uh, they'll, those guys are fantastic. You know, awesome. um, yeah, Andrew and, uh, Victor who run virtual 94, just the coolest dudes. And they're, yeah, I met them. Um, I've met them in the hotel lobby. They're at, great. At, uh, how great are they? one. We were waiting to leave and, yeah, they're fantastic. And man, and they're really just great at organizing shit. Mm -hmm. And they've become, they kind of like, uh, they become invaluable uh, people for me to talk and bounce ideas off of. Mm -hmm. Them in, a, in Geo Metro and Blake, my initial visual guy, like they're pretty core to me about what, it, you know, I always bounce ideas off them about mm -hmm. what we should do next in Philadelphia Vaporwave. Yeah. And uh, pretty much, yeah, I talk to them a lot and about where the next move is going to be for a lot of things. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, it's, it's it's growing quite fast, and I'm I'm excited to see where it goes next. Super pumped for the show on Thursday. It's yeah. gonna be an awesome time. Oh yeah, fantastic. Not wait. So oh, man, I can't. I'm so happy you can come too. I'm so yeah. happy. Oh yeah. So like, here's the other thing. Oh, another thing about that thing coming up. So basically, you know, me, Pat, James, we alternate every half hour. Mm -hmm. But there's like one, and then the final half hour, we're all gonna be to be DJ. But there's a half hour before that that's not really assigned yet. Mm -hmm. And I do have some people that are gonna be at Terminally Chill. Okay, uh, okay. And like, okay. I may bring them up to do okay. some guest DJ sets. Okay. So I'm not gonna say on the air who they are, but I will tell you that right now, one of them's from Electronicon and one of them's from um, Essential. So they're gonna be there okay. as well. And so we'll okay. have to see. And maybe I'll, I'm gonna try and cajole them to come up. I don't think it'll take much cajoling at all, actually. I think everyone's gonna be But I think I'm gonna bring to them up. I might, I'm just gonna bring them up to, uh, to do some songs. Nice. Yeah. That, nice surprise. So anyone listening, you're in for a treat. Yeah, man. Terminally Chill, it's all about building communities, building the scene building people's involvement and at these parties it's not about the performers it's about the audience and this you know at, at terminally chill you know, basically I, I just said it earlier but like you're the aesthetic you like this yeah. is all about us awesome well thank you so much for sitting down with me i thank appreciate it me. it's nice to to do an interview in person in my hometown it's great um so i'll see you on thursday yeah thanks for doing everything you guys do with the podcast and the magazine it's, it's great Definitely, we'll have you back on. Definitely, love keep, love keep to doing some more stuff, right? Oh yeah, I got a, oh yeah, I got all kinds of stuff planned for the future. I just can't talk about it just yet. But we will. <laughs> there we go. In all the right. future, um, where can people find you on social media? Oh okay, uh, skeleton really. lipstick on. I just got Twitter. I you I didn't. I literally like I had so ridiculous. Like I just got Twitter after Electronicon. And I was like, man, I really am dumb. Everyone uses this, huh? And uh, so you can find me on Skeleton Lipstick. Uh, just search Skeleton Lipstick on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can find Skeleton Lipstick, uh, Skeleton underscore Lipstick at Instagram. Um, Terminally Chill Party on Instagram. Uh, Skeleton Lipstick on Facebook. And um, yeah, just just uh, also just Skeleton Lipstick on Spotify too. Why not? Just Google yep. Skeleton Lipstick. You probably find all the stuff. Definitely will. All right. Thank you again, Chris. Thanks Great talk me. with you. And yeah. I will see you next week. Absolutely.
All right, so thank you again to Skeleton Lipstick for sitting down for this awesome interview. You can check them out at the Terminally Chill Dance Party here in Philadelphia on January 30th, 2020 at 10 p.m. at the Barbary. Tickets are available at the link in the description of this episode. Check us out on social media at Private Suite Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Also at Private Suite Mag on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook.com slash Private Suite Mag. And of course, Patreon.com slash Private Suite Mag. Before we go, I'm going to play one more song by Skeleton Lipstick. This is 20-something criminal. And as always, help control the data loss situation. Don't forget to back up your flash drives and hard drives. Until next time, take it easy. Four years, ten times are tough. Tell me.